Assalamualaikum viewers of Imam Hussain TV. Welcome to tonight's live show. Tonight's live show is titled Eternal Ethics, Sabar. In English, termed as patience. The Holy Quran, Surah Baqarah, mentions one key verse, verse 153. O you who believe, seek assistance through patience and prayer. Surely Allah is with the patient. I'm glad to mention tonight we have two special guests. In the second half, we'll be joined with Father Clohesi, who is of the Pontifical Institute in Rome, Italy. And also tonight, we have our usual guest, Dr. Sayyidamar Nakshwani. With that in mind, I'd just like to bring to the attention on the patients on the, on the um, program tonight for the content of sabr and patience. Sabr, one of the oft-mentioned words in Islamic literature, is found throughout the Holy Quran and a hadith. In this verse that I've just read, God promises that he is with the patient ones. But for many, this is, a, this is not enough. It's a challenge. After all, what would happen if one has just lost someone after a death? What would happen if, for example, one is finding it difficult to stay in a marriage or even finding work? There are many issues surrounding patience and sabr. So with that in mind, we also look to examine this further from that level of a micro level of a man and a woman to communities as well. Communities struggling with the ethics in wars. So tonight, as I mentioned, we look at patience and sabr. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Sayyidamar Nakshwani. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Privilege once again to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Loving the series. And inshallah, in the second part of the show, we are honored to have another uh, great um, speaker and also from the Pontifical Institute, uh, Father Clohesi. Yes. And inshallah, we'll introduce him and his, as it were, insight in terms of from a biblical angle, as it were, in patience. But with that in mind, let's start that uh, great topic tonight for patience, for the viewers. We have for tonight, Sena, patience or sabr, a part of eternal ethics. Could you please just shed the definitions and the worldview around this area of patience and why it's so important, as it were? Sure, throughout our series, on eternal ethics we're constantly seeking to find the means of purifying ourselves and that is fundamental in Islamic ethical discussions that you're not just made up of the material or the physical there's a spiritual existence which is constantly seeking to evolve right okay and there are different ways in which you can ensure that this evolution is a godly evolution. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we stressed as well about the spontaneity of the reaction of the human being. Right. In relation to ethics, in relation to the soul. That what we're seeking to understand is, how am I able to ensure that my spontaneous reaction to an moral situation or an ethical dilemma is one that allows me to evolve spiritually. Mm -hmm. So therefore, when one comes to discussing patience, 
What you're looking at is that there isn't a single human being in this world today who isn't going through one sort of hardship or another. Quite right. One sort of trial or another. One sort of tribulation or another. Even the happiest people that you see out there in the world today, you'll find that there is still something that they're insecure about in their life. Yes, yes. Publicly, we're all smiling. But privately, we all have our own personal trials and tribulations. Restraining the self from being agitated in an undesirable situation is key to the understanding of patience. There's no doubt that in this free will package that we have as human beings, there's going to be the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep, absolutely. How we react to the most difficult situations underpins the discussion on patience. Sure, yes. I may find a difficult situation which emerges. This is causing me hardship. Part of myself is talking to me saying, lash out. Yeah, yes. Kill, destroy, hurt, bully. Reciprocate with that which is worse. Whereas the essence of that divine patience, which one exhibits or seen exhibited in some of the greatest saints and mystics in the history of humanity, is where they're able to restrain their self, which is saying, attack, kill, destroy, be venomous, curse, by saying, no, restrain yourself at this moment mm -hmm. of hardship. Yes, yes. Therefore, when the Qur'an is looking at patience, it recognizes that the trials that we face, ultimately what, defi what defines our dignity as human beings is our spontaneous reaction to them. Quite right, quite right. Do we start lashing out on everyone? Sure. Do we start blaming everyone? Do we fall into despair and despondency? Or do we trust God when he says that I am with those of you who are patient in these mm. moments. When you quoted the verse at the beginning of the show, it's a verse that you hear everywhere. It's one thing listening to a verse. Another is applying, applying. a verse. There are many who you'll hear them say, Inna Allah, Allah is with the patient ones. Yes. The test is when you're facing a hardship or a calamity, do you truly believe that God's there alongside you? Yes, yes. So therefore, what the Qur'an tries to show in its discussions of sabr is that part of the free will package will involve obstacles, difficult moments, hardships, but give glad, glad tidings to those who are patient. Mm -hmm. Those who recognize that everything that they even have in this world, they are just a trustee on behalf of God. Yes, absolutely. Hence, there are verses of the Quran where patience is always mentioned alongside the Lord. Right. Okay. And the Quran will say that we will test you. Yes. There'll be moments fear. where you're tested with fear. Mm. Joe, hunger. Mm. Loss of wealth, you may 
lose lives. You may lose land that you own. Yes. Wabashir. Wabashir here is beautiful. Why? Okay. Because it's telling the Prophet, and this is this is something which many do not refer to. Al-Amr bil-Mufrad. Wabashir. You, O Prophet of God, go and tell each one of the patient ones. Personally, give them each glad tidings. Who have gone through الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةً When they see a musibah in life, yes, give them glad tidings. Yes, That it's from God that we came and to God to return. So therefore, in defining patience, fundamentally there is an understanding that all of us are going to go through hardships. Our reaction to that hardship is what differentiates the levels of the mu'mineen ultimately. Absolutely. Now, you, you're quite right. You mentioned about sabr or patience, as it's known in English. That it's, you know, it's a, it's a, a testing formula. And one that's about the unknown realm, as it were. But, Sayyidina, can God blame someone for being impatient? I mean, what sort of qualities should one actually instill in him or herself? I don't think I don't think God blames anyone for being impatient. Right. But not having. I think no- I think what we have to realize is that it's not you alone who's just being given a test of patience. There are people of greater stature than us who were tested. With moments of hardship. Yes. You see, if it was just us alone, and you've got all these prophets who God sent to mankind who weren't tested at all, then someone could complain, now, hold on a minute, why are you testing me with this yeah. hardship? Yeah. With these afflictions, with these trials. Why didn't you test the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. or the Prophet Jesus, or Moses, or Yusuf, yes. Yes. or Yaqub, or Ayyub? That's right. But what you find is that even they were tested. Tested, yes. The aim for us is to look at their reaction Mm. to the trials that they faced. Did they start to blaspheme? (laughs) Did they start to negate God's existence? Did they start to lash out at everybody? Or did some of them find that observing patience became something wonderful for them. Mm-hmm. And I think if we look at the Qur'anic examples, there are numerous examples in the Holy Qur'an where it's not wrong for someone to complain about their hardship, hardship. Yeah. or about their grief. You know, sometimes there are people in our communities in the discussions of mental health mm-hmm. where everyone's trying to seek a balance between their physical and their spiritual yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, worldviews and, and health. There are certain people in the world who, when they do complain about their hardships, we attack them. You can't complain. God doesn't allow you to complain. No, there are prophets who open up about their hardships. There's no harm opening up. No. no. But they find beauty in going through that hardship. There was never a great general unless he went through a very difficult battle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And nor will you find out there the CEO of a huge corporation unless... That person seen recessions mm-hmm. as well as seen times of great success. Yes. 
Yes. And nor will you find a brilliant captain of a ship until he can tell you the story of a few floods and storms that he's had to see. Absolutely. So in other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't blame us for complaining about our hardships. But sometimes those hardships are building stronger human beings. Mm. We'll come to the point about how one should take lessons from the observation, as it were, of patience from noble personalities of the past. But before that, just really to bring in the reality of today's life, as it were, okay? Um, many people will complain, as it were, that, you know, hang on, we've got enough on our plate. There's a lot of trials, as it were. And let's go into more tangible examples, as it were. Abuse kids, physically abuse women, racially abused innocent people, rape victims. You know, how does this, how, how can they actually learn to evolve with patience and so forth without saying, you know, this is too much for me, you know. And you've mentioned about it's a divine quality. And that is, I suppose, that's quite hard and tricky, I suppose, to persuade or to align man with. Firstly, patience at the beginning is extremely bitter. Mm. Because it's about the unknown. It's extremely bitter at the beginning. Right. There's no way that anybody can say, well, my patience was something quite easy, actually. It's bitter. However, the good news is that at the end of all this hardship, there will be ease and relief. Mm. If you trust your Lord's wisdom and are pleased with the will of your Lord, and that's a level to reach. It's not easy <coughs> for a person. And see, it can be easy for me to sit here and say that somebody who's been the victim of a rape, ha you know, they can recover and we can give all of these things from textbook type terminologies and, and definitions. Counseling services and so on. So Reality is that yeah. on the first level, God gives glad tidings in the Quran. Right. Give glad tidings to those who have gone through a calamity. That's on the first level. Yeah. And that at the beginning, it's going to be extremely difficult. And this bitterness may be difficult for a long period, but God has promised that he is with you. Right. And that there are prophets of God who have been tested mm -hmm. with extremely difficult moments. As in when you look at some of the prophets of God and the tests that they faced, there were prophets of God who were crucified, who were mocked, who had stones thrown at them, who had feces of animals thrown at them. They, for us, ultimately are exemplars. Absolutely. When I'm looking in the Holy Quran and I'm seeing that there are stories of the prophets of Allah subhanahu mm -hmm. wa ta'ala, where these prophets of God had their own sons turn against them. Sure. You had prophets of God who were accused of crimes they did not commit. Prophets of God who were imprisoned. 
Therefore, when we're looking in the Holy Quran, you have prophets of God who had their children die in front of them yes. or lose their whole wealth in front of them. They are the exemplars for us. Mm -hmm. Honest to God, I tell you something, if it wasn't for certain personalities, then there is no way that we can go through moments of hardship and trials. Sometimes the only way you can be patient is by observing, observing the patience of those who have gone through worse than you. No doubt. No doubt. As in when you look at, for example, Imam Al-Hussein in Karbala on the 10th of Muharram, it's unbelievable how many things he sees on that day. But what's more amazing is he restrains himself from agitation in witnessing the most undesirable hardships. Mm -hmm. He could lash out. Yes, yes. He could lose his character. He can, he can even blame God. Where are you? Yeah. Look what they're doing to me. Sure. As in, can you blame him if he all of a sudden goes in a rage seeing his six-month-old baby's neck cut and pierced by an arrow? Or if you see your own brother who's lived the purest, most noble life, have his arms cut off and an arrow through his eye and have all of these people come and attack him? Or can you blame him when he sees innocent youth being killed? Yes. Or can you blame him when he sees his own daughters have no access to water and are thirsty? Sometimes the only source of solace and the best examples are from these figures. Mm. There's a reason these figures are chosen of course. figures for mankind. Yeah, yeah. You know, me and you would have buckled. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And I don't think God would have had a problem had we buckled. Yes. Ultimately, we're human beings. Yes. But when you see these divine personalities, that's what you need to hold on to. Yeah, sure. That if I've gone through hardship, let me hold on to Hussein. And let me hold on to the prophetic figures mentioned within the Holy Quran. Mm -hmm. There are certain prophetic figures, their stories are thousands of years old. But you still find they apply into our lives today. Yes. But one thing I will say is a line from Imam al-Sadiq that resonates with me until today. Islam. Imam al-Sadiq one day there was a lady and he saw that she was distressed. Okay. She said to him, oh, Imam, I have a problem. My son went on a journey and he's late. She said, he said to her, be patient. Right. Have sabr. Mm -hmm. He'll be back soon. The next day, she came to the Imam. She said to him, Imam, my son hasn't come back. He said, did I not tell you to be patient? patient. She said to him, yes. He said, don't worry, have that patience. He'll be back. The following day, he said to her, your son has come back. She said, really? He said, yes, your son's come back. Go and welcome him. She went to the edge of town and she went and welcomed him. She saw Imam al-Sadiq later. And she said to him, Mola, how did you know my son was back? He said to her, 
He said, when patience reaches its zenith, then mm-hmm. you know that ease is just around the corner. I saw how distressed you were. And I saw that second day of distress. When I saw that final day of distress, I knew that relief and ease was around the corner. Therefore, for those who are facing extremely difficult moments of hardship and trials, know that relief is just around the corner. Absolutely. But hang in. Mm -hmm. Don't look at why God, where's God? Rather, look at yourself in the mirror and see this beautiful process of growth. Yes, yes, absolutely. That the next time you're going to face a hardship, you're going to be ready for it. Yes, absolutely. It's one thing preaching patience. It's another immersing (coughs) yourself in the world of patience. And so if there are people out there who are facing these difficult times, know that relief is around the corner. Yeah, sure. I mean, as the Holy Quran Mentions in one verse, um, the um, surah is escaping my mind at the moment. With difficulty comes ease, yeah. and with ease comes difficulty. Are there, say, now, Quranically, is there any evidence of how to restrain, as it were, in a difficult moment? Well, Quranically, you've got these um, these interesting moments where prophets of God have to restrain their anger. I'll give you a couple of examples. You've got Jacob. Yes. With his sons. Sons. They're just blatantly lying to him that a wolf has eaten Joseph. Yeah. You know, at that moment, any other person would have been like, all you guys, come here. Belt out. Mm -hmm. A father and a prophet. Listen, Iraqi dad would have pulled that belt out and those guys would have got it. You may find some people watching the show. Son lies. Nabi Yaqub remains patient. He knows that his sons are alive. He knows that these other sons are lying. At that moment, he highlights the beauty of sabr. And it's actually called a beautiful sabr in his story. Subhanallah. You know that sabr which is jameen. Mm, Who calls patience beautiful? beautiful? Exactly. You know, normally patience is accompanied by... A sm- you know a punch. Yeah. It's accompanied by a slab. It's accompanied by a kick in the wall. I can't take this anymore. Yeah. And here you have Jacob saying, hmm, "Sabor, hmm, Jamil." It's a beautiful patience. That's a wonderful example of restraining anger because when you've told a dad that his son has been killed, killed. or has been eaten. You've just, you've, you've just broken his heart. Absolutely. You've broken, you've yeah. broken the man's future. Mm-hmm. You've, you've, you've destroyed him at that moment. Mm-hmm. But beautifully, he doesn't allow the self to tell him, attack them, hit them, defame them, curse them. Patience. Patience. I have trust in my Lord. And that's why there is a beautiful hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam. Patience is to faith like the head is to the body. Subhanallah. There's no body out there that can function without the head. Head. <laughs> you need that head. Yeah. And that head gives you direction. Sure. Otherwise, even if I have all the arms, I have all the legs, while I don't have that head, then I cannot see where I'm heading. True. Heading. Mm. 
Patience is to faith like the head is to the body. Fundamental for anyone who claims to have Iman. Right. There are many out there. They will say to you, I'm a mu'min. I have Iman. Many times the Quran will say at the beginning of the verse, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Mm -hmm. Oh, those of you who claim to have Iman. To have faith. Mm -hmm. There are many who claim to have faith. The real test is whether they have the bedrock of patience in their faith. And hence why you have that wonderful surah, which is timeless classic. Mm. It's so short, but it's so wonderful. If you squeeze time, you'll see man is surely in loss. Except those who believe. Okay, many believe. And perform good deeds. They make sure that they are of those who continuously exalt truth and exalt patience as well. Therefore, within the Quran, you'll find that the completion of the Iman of the Prophets of Allah, patience was always part of it. Okay. Um, so now we're going to be going to a break, I think, in the next few minutes. Just before then, though. Um, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his holy Ahlul Bayt Islam, was directed, as it were, to maintain and have patience in his mission. So, for example, Surah Tahrim, which is the 46th chapter, um, sorry, um, chapter 46, verse 35. So, be patient, O Muhammad as were those of determination among the messengers, and do not be impatient for them. Be patient like those who had come before you right. of the Ulul Azm. Okay, the great prophets. He has to exhibit unbelievable amounts of patience. If you want to see the embodiment of patience, then you look at the life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon his family, especially the insults he's constantly on the receiving end of. In the Quran, He's called Majnoon, mm. he's called Sahir, he's called Sha'ir, he's called Kahin, he's called Abtar. He's constantly on the receiving end. Imagine, you know, there are a lot of famous personalities mm -hmm. who, when they're on the receiving end of a media backlash, it's very difficult for them. Some of these famous musicians committed suicide because of the amount of public attacks they were receiving and the names they were being called and so on. But does he define sabr? We said sabr is the restraint of the self in moments of hardship and agitation. The Quran says, If you were hard-hearted or you were severe, they would have all turned away yes, from you. Yes, absolutely. You will never, ever in his biography find a moment where someone has insulted him and he has not been able to restrain himself to the extent that some of his companions who were quite barbaric in some of their behaviors mm -hmm. before they entered the fold of the religion of so, Islam yeah. are wondering, how is this man so patient? How? They've just called you a sorcerer. They've just called you insane. They've just called you a false prophet. They've just called you a person who has no descendants. They've mocked you when you've just lost your children. 
the, even the very man who tore up his uncle's body, Hamza, the uncle, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his yes, family, yes. his body was torn up on the battle of Uhud oh, sure. by a man by the name of Wahshi. Mm-hmm. When that Wahshi meets the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, on the day of the opening of Mecca, Yawm al-Fatih, the opening of Mecca, mm-hmm. the self is talking to the Holy Prophet saying, lash out on him. Yeah. Time for revenge. Finish him. But he's controlled it. He's destroyed your uncle's body and let Hind eat piece after piece. <sighs> However, when he comes and says, Oh, prophet of God, I apologize for what I did for your, to your uncle. Forgive me. He just says to him, leave. How much patience? But these aren't just stories that happened a thousand years ago. Can we apply them? Mm-hmm. If you read the biography of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon his family, whether it's in his public life or private life. Right. In his private life, Marriage requires a lot of patience. Yes, yes. He needed triple the amount that you normally need. Yes. On the one hand, because he had more wives than normally were allowed. Sure. And on the other hand, because he had some very difficult wives. Immature in some cases, jealous in other cases, arrogant in other cases. As in Surah Tahrim, Surah 66 of the Quran, he's got to exhibit a great amount of patience yes. with these wives who are even conspiring behind his back. Behind his back. Yeah. A whole surah, surah 66 of the Quran, <sighs> is about ladies in his life, the wives who are conspiring behind his back. And he has to exhibit this patience. Can you find me one narration of a wife who says he shouted at me or he slapped me or he hit me or he beat me. When today you hear these sad stories of the impatience of Muslim men with their wives. Where you hear cases where they've beaten them. And they find it normal to hit them. Look at his patience with those in his house. Yes. And that's why he would stress. The best of you is the best to his family. And I am the best to my family. So don't think when we're talking about the patience of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, it's not just patience in the political sphere or in the public sphere. It's at home as well. At home as well. Yeah. And that's the true test of one's iman. Because there is that famous tradition from Imam Ali salam that if you're looking at the, the pillars of one's iman, mm-hmm. sabr, adil, yaqeen, and jihad. These four. Patience, certainty, struggle. All of these go towards justice. And the bedrock of them is sabr. Subhanallah. So now thank you for that. We'll be going to a break very shortly. But just uh, like to thank viewers from all over the world. South Africa and Nigeria as well. Today we've been getting view ratings. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this show, we'll be joined and accompanied by Dr. Sayyid Amanakshwani by Father Clohesi. So inshallah, we'll see you again in the next moment or two. Asalaamu Alaikum.
Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to tonight's live show on Imam Hussein TV, Eternal Ethics and Sabr. And also I'd like to wish peace, as it were, and tranquility to Muslims and Christians, as it were, who are viewing this live show to, with us today. With us today, we also have Dr. Father Cloessi from the, from the Pontifical Institute in Italy. Welcome tonight to this uh, beautiful show Thank you. on patience, as it were. And also we have Dr. Sayyid Amar Nakshwani, so I'd like to wish both of you, you know, regards in terms of harmonizing, as it were, this attribute and this ethical trait, as it were, of patience. There's so much needed, as it were, in today's life and um, world. With that in mind, Father Cloessi, do you have any um, examples, as it were, from the Old Testament where profound patience is actually displayed? You know, the classic Old Testament example is shared by Islam and Christianity, and that is Ayyub. Mm. Um, so the story of, of, of Job, Job. Job. In, the, in, the, in the Old Testament is a story which, which talks, of course, about his great sufferings. And it's, it's a very clever story, in the, the Old Testament story, in that uh, Satan enters into God's presence right. to mock God, basically. Right. Uh, and God says, well, have you looked at my servant Job? He's the best of the best. And Satan's challenge, which is the challenge to the whole of humanity, is he's only good because you are kind to him, mm. because you give him things. But if you stop giving him things, he will turn on you. And that's the premise of the story of this terrible suffering that Job goes through. And what is contrasted is the patience of Job as opposed to the impatience of people around him. Firstly, his wife, right. who thinks he should just kill himself, basically. She says, just... Sit down and die, for heaven's sake. And then his three friends, the three great theologians who arrive, and each one attempts to give a theological discourse to explain why he is suffering for no reason. And each of them gives the wrong discourse. Each of them has the wrong idea about how God works. And in the end, the person who triumphs in the story is Job himself, yeah. who in all of this misery just never gives up. God gives, God takes away, I bless his name, says Job. You know, we come into this world with nothing, we go out with nothing. Who am I to, to make any complaint against God? He does at moments break down, Job, mm -hmm. and question God. Right. And, and God challenges him, where were you when I created the world? Wow. You must be very old if you were with me when I created. So it's, a, it's the classic story of, of patience in the Old Testament. And it reaches through Christian spirituality, Job, as this, this man who is patient in in suffering things he hasn't deserved. Because some people suffer because they've deserved to suffer. Right. If you get drunk and crash your car, yes. you deserve the suffering, you've sure. earned the suffering. But, but it's the suffering of the innocent that is the great question for, for religious people. Mm. How do we explain the suffering of the innocent? And Job doesn't give an answer to that, but he shows how we should live in moments of immense suffering that we can't explain. That in itself, obviously, is a trial of faith. Now, Dr. Sayyid Amar gave profound examples. What examples can we take from the Old Testament from that, as it were, to, that's applicable today? Muslims, Christians, non-Muslims, everyone. It was a trial of faith, of course, but underneath that, it was a, a trial on, on different other, other levels. For example, right. you know, there's more than one type of patience. The patience that I need because the tube is running late mm -hmm. is different from the patience that I need because I am 
suffering great hardship. Yes. The sort of, the sort of patience that Al-Hussein displays before all of these dreadful enemies. So there are different types of patience, and I think in Arabic you have some, some beautiful words to describe these different um, types of patience. C- certainly, you know, the Sabir is the, is the person who strives to be patient in the, in the most difficult circumstances, the Sabur. Right. That is the perfect, perfect patience. So okay. it's a different type of patience. Do- I think in, 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 and in, and in English, the scriptures mm. use various words too mm-hmm. to say, well, there's you know, fortitude, long-suffering, persistence. These are all different types. Job's patience was a test of faith, but it was also a test of physical suffering, having to be patient with himself, with his own body, with the way the world was around him, and with the way his friends were ill-advising him. All of these demanded patience too. Patience with God, patience with self, patience with... Other people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Dr. Sayed just with that in mind, what uh, Father Cloetti just mentioned, as it were, that seems to be an, a verse that's clearly aligned with the Holy Quran, is it not? And it's, it's, in, it's in both. Holy the Quran books. says, Inna wajadnahu sabiran. And you mentioned uh, beautifully, Father. Yeah. You know, you've got the sabir, sabur. Yes. There's, mar- uh, there's times where it says to usbar, and there's times it says, Sabiru. Right. There's different levels of patience that are exhibited. Amazing. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it seems with every prophetic figure in the Quran, there are different moments of patience exhibited. You look at that mystical realm of Khidr and Musa. Okay. Where, you know, Moses seeks to gain a certain amount of knowledge. Yes. And, and Khidr keeps, re, you know, replying Don't ask to me him questions. That, you know, don't ask me questions. But at the beginning, he says to him, you don't have the patience to bear this. Key point. Yes. You've got Ismail in the Quranic version of the sacrifice telling his father after his father said to him, listen, I'm going to have to sacrifice you. And he tells him, Ya Abati fa'al ma tu'mar, satajiduni insha'Allah min al-sabirin. My father, do what you've been commanded to do. You'll find me as one of the patient ones. Mm. Wow. And then you've got beautifully with Ayyub. Inna wajadnahu sabiran, ni'mal abd. We found him showing great patience. What a servant. And normally the word abd you would associate with a very lowly worshiper. Creature, no, no. Okay. Normally, sociologically, abd, you might even call a slave an abd. Right. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran is saying the highest level you can reach is being titled an abd. Mm. Hence, Quranically, uh, and when we look in, the, in, in our prayers, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasulah. That servitude exists uh-huh. and is mentioned before you mention the prophetic Perfect. role. Right. So yeah, you've got all these prophets mentioned Quranically where the word patience mm. is always aligned as part of their journey in one way or the other. Father Cloisi, um, I'm curious to find out, and I'm sure the viewers are as well, um, what's your favorite saying, as it were, from Jesus, peace be upon him, on patience itself, that we can all learn from? In, the, in that famous text that we call the Beatitudes, right. um, one, of the, one of the groups of people, and, 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 and the Beatitudes is really trying to describe people, if you like, who live in God's neighborhood, who live in what it is like to live under God's rule. And one of these groups that are, find themselves constantly blessed by God are the meek. Now, meekness is used in the New Testament um, as 
it comes from, from the Greek idea of training a horse. A I horse see. that was trainable was a meek horse. So mm. that the horse, in a sense, had a certain patience with its trainer. So meekness in the New Testament, taken up again later on by Paul, is, is regarded as a type of patience. And, and it's this blessing of the meek by, by Jesus saying, the meek are among those who God blesses, or if you like, upon whose lives God's blessing remains. It's not an occasional thing, but, but that it remains. And so, so this is a beautiful saying, of course, because meekness seems to be the one thing that we, we lack now. It's all about great armies and, um, and, and, and rhetoric and condemnation mm-hmm. and whoever's the strongest man wins. We've lost the sense of, of meekness. You know, the, the, right, I see. The, 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 the greatest nation among us is not the nation with the greatest army or the most powerful weapons. It's the nation that blesses other nations yes. by, by, by not threatening, sure. but by oh. meekness. And so that saying of Jesus is, and Paul takes us up and uses meekness as one of his examples. I mean, Paul says he thinks that the whole of Christianity is is summed up in five virtues. So, of course, patience is a virtue, and a virtue, yeah, sure. a virtue is an acquired habit. So, you know, as famously somebody said in a film, when you ask God for patience, he's never going to give you patience, ever. He doesn't give patience. What he gives is opportunities to practice patience. Nice. Because patience is a moral muscle that we have to flex and develop ourselves. Mm. It's there already. And as Dr. Um, Sayedamal mentioned, yeah, one, it's want to evolve as it, it were. It has to evolve or, yeah. and, and grow. And so where, what does God do if you're asking for patience? He'll mm. dump you into those daily situations mm. where you want to pick up your computer and throw it through a window. <laughs> That's what he'll do. Yeah. Because you know it's in, in queues and with bureaucracy and filling in forms and technology that doesn't work. That's where we learn to exercise patience and the muscle, that moral muscle begins to develop. So Paul, sorry, so Paul says there's this litany of virtues, patience, meekness, joy, peace. These are the litany of virtues that we should use to replace the normal litany of anger, backbiting, violence, as, as Said said, getting our own back, retaliation, and, and replace it with a divine litany. And right. that, is, that is the litany of the virtues that God invites us to live. Sure. I think I also sure. like a line uh, mentioned in the Bible, uh-huh. uh, love is kind, love is patient. Mm. Um, there, there, you know, there's a lot of us who want to exhibit kindness when in love. Yeah. But on the angle of patience, we can be a bit lacking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, and I must admit, I love that line where we're differentiating between a moment of patience mm. and having the trait of being patient. Mm. There are many who can exhibit a moment of patience. But how we can then inculcate it to become a norm for us. Yeah, yeah. That is the aim in Islamic ethics. I don't want just a moment of generosity. I want to have the virtue of being generous. Generous. Of course. Yes. There are people out there who'll have a moment of generosity. There are some famous Hollywood actors out there who have moments of going to Africa. Yeah. Moments. Mm. That's Mm. different from somebody who is ready to give on every occasion, not just when the camera's looking at them. Father... Do you, from your experience, as it were, and your expertise of the uh, Holy Bible, have you ever seen a moment that Jesus has become impatient? Or are there There, any moments where he has had to restrain himself? And why? There are a number of moments. One of them is the famous story where he goes into the temple 
and he takes a, a cord and turns into a whip and chases out people who are buying and selling and using the temple of God as a marketplace. Mm. And he betrays at that moment a real human anger and, and that, that God's house is being defiled and his name being trampled. And, and I think it's very important for us not to get onto the wrong track here. Yeah. Patience is not passivity. Right. Patience right. doesn't mean that I allow injustice to continue. So again, your perfect example of patience for all people, not just for one group, is Al-Hussein. So what do you have? You have Al-Hussein who is relentlessly going to Karbala mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and exercising enormous patience yeah. but not refusing to speak out against injustice. And, and we have to be very careful that patience doesn't mean that I turn myself into a doormat. So Lady Zainab, who I will always talk about if I get a chance, yes. look at Lady Zainab in those days after Karbala, sure. where she has to exercise enormous patience, and yet she speaks with such power. Mm. So patience is not passivity. It, what it is, is a divine invitation to dwell in the realm of possibility that... that my life can be different, therefore so can yours. Yeah. Therefore, I have to be patient with myself and with you. Somebody once described it as allowing the mud to settle and the water of your life to be clear again. That's patience. Right. And it's a oh. divine invitation that, that I want to retaliate against you and God invites me not to. Or I want to get my own back or I want to explode into anger and there's a divine invitation to step back and do something different. It's that, that that I understand by patience. This divine invitation to dwell in the realm of possibility that life can be different and lived by a different litany rather than the rhetoric that we're hearing at the moment. Right, right. But when you mention about... Um, a moment or two where Jesus perhaps, I wouldn't say lost his patience, but just had to exercise a different form, as it were, of protecting God's name. That, yeah. Certainly that incident yeah. in the temple. So, uh, so now is there, are there episodes where that has happened, as it were, with the Ahlubayt, where there's a degree of patience that they've exercised and observed and administered, but then, hang on a minute, now this is for the sake of God. I think just before a battle commences. Right. I think they try their hardest before a battle. In the months leading up to any battle an Imam of Ahlul Bayt is involved in, notably the first three probably only, you'll find that they're trying their hardest to find a sulh. Okay, a peace treaty. Yes. They're trying to find some sort of peace treaty. Mm. Even if mm. the other side is seeking to initiate, Right. let's try and work on something. Even leading up to a couple of days before a battle commences, where you have so many soldiers out there who are ready to shed each other's blood, mm -hmm. you always find the Imam absolutely calm mm. and saying that, listen, patience is better here. Yes. Let yes. us try and let bygones be bygones. Let there be uh, a return to reconciliation between us even until the night before a battle. Yes. The patience, even though they could see that that person across there in the army, that person was never part of this religion. That one despised this religion. That one hated the prophet of God. Mm -hmm. That one used to be the most foul mouth. That one's corrupt. That one's envious. Still, remain patient. Even while they're bad-mouthing me and saying I'm wrong and I don't know the religion and so on. But what you see is literally before a battle commences, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. it's as if they're about to say, shall I really tell you who I am? And then you see these 
unbelievable sermons where it's not impatience. Right. It's rather, as Father uh, Clohesi defined it, that there is a moment now where I'm going to have to speak out mm. against your injustice, line by line, in a way I really didn't want to go into. Because now that I'm going to go into it, you're finished. Yeah. And if you're looking at battles like Jamal, Safin, and notably Karbala, you've got Imam Hussain and his father in the battles, you know, um, while his father was Khalifa, where you see all of a sudden something emerges from them, <coughs> where that reconciliatory tone changes. Okay. And everyone is told exactly the difference between this side and that side. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is that Imam Ali has these moments a number of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you look at that sermon in Nahj al-Balagha known as Shakshaqiyya. Uh, you know, are we referring to the foam from the mouth mm -hmm. of a camel? Is that giving us that Imam Ali is impatient? Not impatient. It's as if there's this, this sudden... Um, Oratory or sermon of passion. Right. Um, where truth has to be told. Told. Because I've tried to be so patient with the decisions that have been made in the last 25 years. One minute you said the Prophet did not leave behind a leader, but it was okay to elect. Then somebody was not even elected. Someone chose him. Then all of a sudden there's a shura of six people. Mm -hmm. I've had to be patient for 25 years. Where it's as if there was something stuck in my throat or stuck in my eye. Yes, yes. But enough's enough. Mm. And so those are moments which is not like our impatience, which is sometimes trivial. Mm. Sometimes. Mm. That, you know, can you believe today how bad my day was? How bad was it? Train came late. Mm. Yeah. You know, those are moments which are... Frustration. Those are moments of divine guidance mm. when they speak like that. That nicely leads us on to the next question now, Father Clarissi. Dr. Sayyid mentioned moments, as it were, amongst the lives of the holy Ahlul Bayt, where, for example, I'm even more in Ali ibn Abu Talib al-Islam had to deliver a sermon in a certain particular way. <coughs> so with that as a parallel, and then the other point that I want to mention are there similar parallels, as it were, from, for example, the disciples of Jesus, mm. you know, seeming to question him, uh, Quranically anyway? I mean, is there any, uh, is this also the, the case in the Bible um, that was a test for Jesus, peace be upon him, to, to you know, have his patience tested mm. from his disciples? There, there, there are moments, there's a moment when he, he sort of, doesn't explode, but he, he bursts out of the disciples, I've been with you so long and you right. still don't get it. Um, where he has to say to Peter, get behind me, Satan, because you're thinking like a human being and not like God. Um, so, so there are moments when his own disciples test his, test his patience. And this is simply because, again, there's this humanness that comes through that is so beautiful that they've been with him all this time, they've listened to him every day, and they still haven't understood the basics of who he is, what he's trying to tell them. Um, and later on, we see it with the disciples themselves when Peter gets up to preach and he, he tells, he tells the, his listeners, you're a perverse generation. And he uses, he uses a medical term for a curvature of the spine. He says, you've, you've, you're twisted. 
You've right. gone oh. right off, okay. and he gets really, really angry. You, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've killed the one who had this beautiful message. What, what's the matter with you? Paul gets very angry with the Corinthians because they keep returning to old ways of great immorality. And he, okay. you know, the Galatians, he says, are you people mad that I spent all this time with you and now you're going back to old ways? So amongst the disciples and amongst the later followers, we see moments of, of humanness. And I, you know, I, think that, I think that we, you, mean, you were speaking about it earlier, and I think it's quite important the horrendous suffering that people go through today. And now, you and I, we both, three of us, we all believe in the resurrection. Yes. And I suspect more and more strongly as I get older that there are a whole lot of things that are never going to be fixed here. They have to wait for the resurrection oh. because God is perfect adul. Mm. He is the one who is going to sort out. And that we have to put aside in our hearts a place where we keep all of these things we can't explain. Yes. Just horrendous things that we have no answer for. People always look to religious people for answers. We have no answers at all about all of this. We just have to reserve in our hearts a place where we store up all of these things that God is going to sort out on the other side of eternity. Because on this side, we're not going to be able to do it. I think what's very interesting yeah. about what Father just said was... Sometimes when you're in a religious position, your congregation is the one that tests your patience the most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you've got Jesus being really tested by yeah. his disciples. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, his family, you know, he's got, he's got moments where his companions are... Testing him. You know, you read Surat al-Hujurat, you know, you've got some real barbaric characters around him. Well, barbaric, they've changed. So let's say... Their morality in some cases leaves a lot to be desired. You know, when you're just calling him, he's in his room and you're saying, Muhammad, Muhammad, come out, I need to have a word with you. Um, raising their voices voice. above his voice. Yes. You know, cases where in a battle he's told them, listen, stay on that mountain and don't move. Move, yeah. And then all off. of a sudden they're running away at Uhud. Yeah. yeah. Giving a khutbah at Jum'ah. You know, this wonderful uh, surah called Surah Al-Jum'ah and all of us have to pray Salat Al-Jum'ah and yet... When you read the surah, it's like, وَإِذَا رَأَوْ تِجَارَةً أَوْ لَهْوَ إِنْ فَضُّ إِلَيْهَا وَتَرَكُوكَ قَائِمًا When they see merchandise and trade, this man's giving a sermon. They've all run to the merchandise and trade and left him standing there alone. Mm. Mm. Um, and so I always tell uh, up-and-coming lecturers in the mosques that, listen, if, uh, if people aren't listening to you, don't worry, your Prophet gave a sermon in Salat al-Jum'ah and people ran away when they heard it was business time. Yeah. yeah. Father Clarice, how do you develop your own patience, as it were? Oh, with great difficulty. <laughs> and again, this is, this is interesting for us as well, because we can hopefully, inshallah, God willing, learn from you as well. I think, again, I return to this idea of patience being a, a moral muscle that needs yeah. to be developed. Um, and, you know, I've understood that we... we any of us, any believers, we can't be all things to all people. I'm not sure if any of us is going to be able to live all the virtues perfectly. So I would suggest to people, choose one virtue and put all your energy into living it as perfectly as you can. Because if you can live one virtue perfectly, all the others will begin to take their place. Mm -hmm. So if you can live patience, if you can be a mutasabbir, one who strives for patience as perfectly as you can, and spend a great deal of your energy doing that, I guarantee that other virtues, peace, love, joy, will begin to fall into place because you can't be patient without all the others taking their rightful place. Right, okay. We've just got a few minutes left. Um, 
Have you had moments where you've had to restrain your patients? Well, I'm English? one of those people who regularly wants to pick up my computer and throw it out of a window. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and regularly want to strangle people. That's because we're made from dust. Mm. Humanity is fragile. Just walk through a hospital ward or attend a funeral or visit an old age home and there you see the fragility of, of humanity. We're made from dust. We have to be patient with ourselves. We have to be patient with life. And we have to be patient even with God. I meet people every day who are so angry with God. Well, they're not angry with God. They're angry with their own idea about God, which is just a wrong idea, and it's not working anymore. But they, they still have this anger because God has not done the things they think he should do. We're fragile human beings, and we have to be very patient with ourselves and with others. This is now just lost few minutes, so I'd like to put it forward to both of you, Father Cloessi and Dr. Sedamar, on the virtues of patience, as it were, that is executed or was executed through the noble character of Seda Zainab, peace be upon her. Could you both, first of all, Father Cloessi, if you can just shed some light on that, and I believe you have written about Seda Zainab as well. If you could probably, you know, shed some light on this, and then you know, uh, Dr. Seda Mar as well, in terms of what we can learn really, as a global audience, yeah. as mankind, Muslim, Christian, non-Muslim, non-Christian, everyone really, what lessons can we really take? Because fortunately, we've really almost run out of time. Look, the the, the, the the sad thing about Zainab, the tragedy of Zainab, in many ways, is that from an early age. She went, went through the most horrendous sufferings. And, you know, seeing, first of all, losing her beloved grandfather. That was, that was yeah. one thing. Then seeing her father murdered. Then seeing her first brother murdered. And finally, her second brother murdered. Then being a prisoner with, you know, with the most... She went through the most awful physical suffering that one can imagine. And in all of that, she maintained a motherly mm. concern for the remaining members of the Ahl Bayt, uh, over which she exercised a certain leadership for those days after Karbala, she exercised an articulate um, attack mm. against injustice, but she also kept herself together, even in moments where she broke down. Her breaking down was because it was relentless, and she, and she, she was a, a, a woman of a certain age. But the patience of Zainab from the beginning of her life until the end is an extraordinary example um, for, for, again, like Hussein, for anybody, Christian, Muslim, it doesn't matter. She's an example of humanity at its best. Yes. Um, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have read, uh, you know, Father Clohesti's work on Sayyidah Zainab salam. It's a magnificent work, really. And I'm not just saying this uh, because he's next to me, nor am I saying this because he offered me any commission <laughs> for, for saying this. But it's a magnificent work, which I think can be given to Muslims and non-Muslims alike. Yeah, and we need um, that, I think. We, we do, without a doubt. And I think there are many in the world today who need Zainab. Mm. You know, there are many of our daughters, of our sisters, of our mothers, of our aunts who are considering taking off, you know, the veil because they are saying that we're living in a time of hardship. We get stared at, we, we get dirty looks, we get pointed at. Nobody will receive the dirty looks that were received in Kufa and in Sham. Mm -hmm. Nobody will receive the attacks that you received in Kufa and in Sham. And she continuously in her sermon in Sham says, but we'll be patient. Mm -hmm. But we'll be patient. Yes. But we'll be patient. 
So there's this reminder to us of that famous hadith, patience is to faith like the head is to the body. Mm. You know, integral in the stand of Zainab was the exhibiting of patience constantly while people are attacking her, while people are abusing her. So mm. therefore those who today come and ask me, I think I'm going to take off my hijab because I'm in the middle of a very difficult environment. You've got an example of a lady who managed to stay strong, having lost her own family members um, and having been abused emotionally from every angle possible. Mm. And until today, people live to tell her tale. Yeah. And we should also take examples from nuns as well, I believe. You know, um, Unfortunately, we've run out of time. I'd like to thank... Father Clohesi and also yourself, Dr. Sayyid Amar Nakshwani. Thank you. I'd also like to thank the viewers of Imam Hussein TV um, joining us from all over the world, South Africa, Nigeria, India, Argentina as well. Do join us again next week. And as I mentioned before, Roku is our platform to watch um, the show and also Amazon Fire Stick. But uh, as I mentioned from all of us tonight, Asalaamu Alaikum and see you again next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to look at our audio library for more content on Quran, ethics, lifestyle and spirituality. Imam Hussain TV3, your gateway to Karbala.